It is wonderful to see the Robertses and a worship team at uh, KCR Kingsway Church in Toti, uh, led by the McKinnons. And uh, they've, they've been having some pressure around worship, so we were able to send them teams, and we're probably going to be sending them teams regularly. I'd love it if we had a worship team out every week, just blessing other churches, helping, resourcing, just, just being a blessing. And uh, it, is, it is wonderful to see. If you can turn in your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1, please, that would be great. We are continuing in our series on He Is. He Is. Today it is He Is Enough, is my preach. He Is Enough. I love the worship that kind of, that preceded this, around those things, fire breaks, and a sense of God's goodness over us, and working with us, and us declaring, isn't it amazing to say He Is Healing is not my story, or, or heartbreak is not my story, he is. It's, it's, it doesn't mean you're not going to be heartbroken, but that's not the story of your life, he is. You might not be well, physically or mentally, but that's not the story of your life, he is. And we trust him every, met, every step of the way as, we, as you walk with him and journey with him. So, let's read the text and then we will, we will get into... Some things. I love the scriptures. I, I was looking at this this morning. I thought, how rich are the scriptures? How rich? And what's incredible, friends, is that we'll be reading this and I'll be saying one thing and the Holy Spirit will prompt you and talk to you in a completely another thing that's kind of related but unconnected. And God is ministering all the time. Open your hearts. Open your hearts to what God wants to say this morning. Open your hearts. I had a meeting with a, a man on Friday morning, a wonderful time of connecting and talking and being vulnerable together. And I, as, as I drove away, I felt this, this phrase, he is enough. He is enough. So that's why I'm doing this. He is enough. So this is what it is. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. Just four verses. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. I love, don't you love, I read that this morning, so this is how my mind works. Simon Peter. Simon was his actual name. Peter was the name that Jesus gave him, his nickname. Isn't it incredible? When you come to Jesus, you don't lose yourself, you find yourself. You don't lose your name. But he gives you a nickname. He gives you another name that helps you find your purpose. Amazing, eh? And then he goes and he says, a servant of the apostle, servant and an apostle of Christ Jesus. Isn't it amazing? He doesn't say I'm an apostle and a servant. His first port of call is I'm a servant to the king. And then my gifting is apostle. How much today is it's, I'm an apostle. Now you're a servant who is an apostle. It's, I love that. It's got nothing to do with my preacher. He is enough. I just love that. Anyway, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. He's writing to this group of people who because of what Jesus has done, 
notice it's because of the righteousness of God and Jesus, have received the faith as precious as ours. Other translations say this, a faith in, of equal standing with ours, or of the same kind of faith as ours. I trans word, translate that word precious differently. So he's talking to a group of people that have got the same faith that he has. Have you ever thought that you have the same faith as the apostles? The same faith. He says, he, 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 just, he, he just, have you received, to those who have received the righteousness, this righteousness, that is the same faith as ours. I want to say to you this morning, we sit here, we, stay, we sit in this room, we, we worship together because we've received a common faith. A faith that is precious. A faith that was given to you by Jesus because of the work of Jesus. Nothing to do with yourself. For a moment in the week, you can come before God and you can put away all your failures, you can put away all your successes, you can put away all your weaknesses, can put away all your mess, all your, and you can come before Him and say, Lord, I stand here today in faith because of your righteousness, not because of my righteousness. Amazing, amazing text. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be yours. Now this is a greeting. He's greeting them. Grace and peace be yours. Shalom. When you go to Israel, shalom. Shalom. But now it's not just shalom, it's grace and shalom. The things that we need the most is God's grace and our peace and His peace. Grace and peace. And He doesn't just say, He, he greets them with it. When he, when, he, when he walks into their presence, grace and peace to you. Friends, without grace, without peace, very difficult to live this life that Jesus has called us to live. Without his enabling power and without the peace that he puts in our hearts, it's very difficult to live this life. It's very difficult to grow. For you to grow, you need God and you need his peace. Very difficult to, to take a, something that's restless and begin to work and to put into that person's life. But grace and peace to you. Grace and peace. Through the knowledge of Jesus. You don't get grace and peace through any other means. Only through Jesus. I want to remind you, He is enough this morning. You don't find grace and peace anywhere else except Jesus. And he goes on to say this. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. His divine power, his godly power, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him. Every word. If you're reading this, every word has, has power, has meaning in it. Every word who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, through his glory and goodness, he has given us every, his very great and precious promises. So his righteousness gives us grace and peace. 
and it's a faith that saves us. He invites us to follow him. He chooses us. He invites us and then he says, follow me. And it's his glory and his goodness that does that, initiates that. But then on top of that, he gives us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature. Doesn't mean you become God, but you become like your rabbi, like Jesus. You begin to participate in a, in a, in a, in a realm or, or a, understand the spirit realm. Understand this thing can be done. It can be lived. It's not an impossible life to live the way Jesus has called us to live. Not only morally, but in every, every respect. Having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. Verse 3. Starts off with His divine power. All of what's going to follow, friends, comes from Him. It's His divine power that gives us this ability. Friends, we will try and find this peace, this grace through many different things. But it's only His divine power. This is so simple and basic. But I want to remind you, you don't live on your own. When you are born again, you are given a new start and you are given a new source. And the source remains Him for the rest of your life. Never ever think, think that there's any other source for you that will satisfy and fulfill and release the grace and the peace that you need to do what you are called to do in God. To live any kind of a life that you really would love to live. It's only His divine power that brings healing. It's only His divine power that heals the heartbreak as we were singing. It's only His divine power that releases us from fear. That we don't live a life of fear. We live a life of fullness in Him. It's His divine power has given us everything we need. Given us. We don't have to pay for it. We don't have to ask for it. He's given us. We just have to receive it. We just have to receive it. And the problem is it's not always taken. It's not that it's not available, it's just not always received. It's not just lived, it's not taken in and, and made part of who we are. When Jesus says that he's enough, he's saying, I've given you everything. Live in it, receive it, drink of it, eat of it, live in it. Live, have your, your, uh, your life, your being and everything in me. Find it in me. I am enough. Giving us everything we need. Everything we need for a godly life. Have you, have you, have you, it's, it's, I feel like this is a, like a little bit of like a plumb line word this morning. Probably nothing new to anybody. But actually just remember he is enough. It's his divine power that gives us everything we need through our knowledge of him. That is so important, friends. We get divine power, we get godliness power that gives us everything we need through our knowledge of Him. 
If you want more of his divine grace and peace in your life, you've got to get to know him better. You've got to get to know him better. When you read the scriptures, friends, it's to know him better. And it's that relationship with him that he releases all we need for life and godliness. How are you getting to know Jesus? My favorite thing at the moment, are you spending time getting to know Jesus? Are we taking the priority of our day? We need divine, who, who, who doesn't need divine power? All of us do. For everything that we might need. All of us do. But he is the only one that's enough. It comes through knowledge of him. And even that knowledge, friends, it's not, it's not this kind of ethereal Gnostic version of knowledge that the, the people here are contending with. It's, a, it's the true knowledge of a person, not some spark or some kind of new agey thing. It's the true knowledge of a person that impacts our daily living. It's not some spiritual plane that you live on. You walk on earth with divine power, enabled by him, graced by him, peace with him, with everything that we need through our knowledge of him. I want to remind you, friends, the point of what we're doing is we're wanting to get to know him better. When we get to know him better, all else follow, follows from that. Our mission is not mission. Our mission is to get to know him better. When you get to know him better, God puts mission in your heart. Get to know him better. How are you getting to know him better? Have we got a quest? Are we prioritizing getting to know him better? Is a question that I would ask us this morning. Through the knowledge of him. It's experiential knowledge, friends. It's not theoretical knowledge. It's interacting with a person, knowledge. And what's incredible, friends, we will try almost everything except knowledge of Him. We'll fail at every other attempt kind of thing except going to the thing and saying, Lord, actually, I need knowledge of you. For I want to live this life. We will trust in the schemes of men earthly wisdom, all sorts of things, all sorts of rabbit trails that we'll do. We'll get the latest, the latest YouTube thing that is going to change your life. Friends, nothing will change your life, only knowledge of Him. Nothing else will change your life to the extent that actually God wants you to change so that you can become the person, the husband, the wife, the employee, the father, the mother the, that you are called to be. No self-help course. Getting to know yourself. I'm not saying we shouldn't be self-aware, but it's actually knowing Him, being aware of Him, that actually helps us to receive this divine power. The more we know Him, the more we will grow. The more we know Him, the more we'll access Him. The more we'll know Him, the more we want of Him. That's how it works. But it starts with us taking a step and saying, God, I need to know you more. Only you are enough. Only you are enough. 
When he is enough, we become enough. In Christ, you are enough. Outside of Christ, we're failing and flailing. I want to remind us this morning, he is enough. Keep your eyes on him. It says there, he called us. Knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. You know, friends, when you call somebody, to me it has three applications to it. You're called means you're chosen. He called you. He invited you. He summoned you. But it's more than that. He calls you by name. Like you call somebody. And there's another aspect of that calling. You're also called to bear his name. So he invites you. He names you. He calls you by name. He wants, he wants you to get his, your identity from him. But then what he does is he says, he calls you so that you will bear his name. All this is locked up in these few verses. It is so profoundly powerful. Every single person is called. Every single person is invited. Every single person is called by name. And every single person, every single believer carries is called to bury, carry the name of Jesus wherever they go, friends. And by the way, you don't take it on and put it off. You carry it all the time. It's not a Sunday Jesus. It's a Monday all of life Jesus. All of, all of family Jesus. All of friends Jesus. On holiday Jesus, at work Jesus. At school Jesus, on at where, whenever it is, wherever you are, that's the name that we carry. I want to remind us this morning, he is enough. And only he is enough. And he says, because of his glory and goodness, it says there, you've been given great and precious promises. Have you ever thought of that? Great and precious. So if you want to describe great, you think of big things, like big, like mountains are great. Great. Go to the Drakensberg, you feel the bigness of God. It's greatness. But precious is normally small, like diamonds. So we kind of, in our minds, think, well, precious is small, precious is valuable. It's like, and the most valuable things are the small things. But great is big mountains. God says his promises are great and big and precious. His, pro his promises are big like a mountain range, but they're precious like a diamond. All at the same time. And he says his promises for us need to be great and they need to be precious so that you may participate in his divine nature and your divine call under him. Have you thought of that, friends? You see, always God's bigness and God's preciousness come hand in hand. And sometimes we recognize, man, this is a precious moment, a precious gift. And other times we hold intention as well, the bigness of God's promises over our lives. But in the kingdom of God, those things hold together. Have you thought of that? I want to remind you, He is enough. His promises are enough. 
His goodness and glory are enough. He goes on there and he says that through these promises we become partakers of the divine nature. I love the word through. Through. You see, he is enough because through him, not bypass him, not make your own plan, not go over him, not go under him, go through him. Through him, through Jesus. It's through his divine power this text talks about. It's through our knowledge of him this text talks about. It's through his glory and goodness this text talks about. It's through his promises this text talks about. Jesus is enough. It is through him, friends. I want to remind us today as we worship and as we enjoy a moment together, he is enough. It's part of our, our, our call is to walk with him and be with him. He is enough. It's through him. Don't go to th- try and go through something else. Go and, don't go try through yourself. Go and, don't try through some other means and, and think you're going to find the fulfillment and the peace and the grace that you need to live this life of godliness. It's only through him. This seems so basic. Look what it says there. Having escaped the corruption on the world caused by evil desires. Have you thought of this? You see, when you're not, when he is not enough, other things will be come or promise to become enough. But they never fulfill. See, the corruption that is in the world, this corrupt world, this fallen world that we live in, expresses itself, friends, and gets into our lives through ungodly desires. Listen to that. The way the world expresses itself is to get you to desire something other than Him. It's to compete for your affection other than Him. The way the world works, friends, is to distract us from Him. It's Adam and Eve in the garden again saying, God is not enough. Lord, we need more. With Jesus, we need more than... We. I want to say to you this morning, this text, He is enough. He is enough. Don't look for more than Him. Don't look for more than Him. You find Him, friends, through three key ways. You change your life through three key ways. Truth sets you free. The Word of God sets you free. The people that God puts you around you, your friends, your, your community, and the power of the Holy Spirit, which is what this text talks about. That's the way you change, friends. If you want to change the way that you are, you want to begin to live in this divine power, if you're wanting to, to step into what this is, be partakers, it says, of this heavenly nature, of this divine t- You need three things. You need truth, you need a community, and you need the power of the Holy Spirit, Spirit working with you all the time. Don't try, to, don't try to think that you can do without those three together. 
Easy to say, Jesus said, but not easy to say, my brother didn't. When your brothers are there or your, your family are there, no, that is what the truth is, even though you don't like it. You need community. He is enough. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by your evil desires. Desire is not a problem. Desire is not an evil thing. You can have desires and you can have longings for more of God. That's a desire. You can have a desire for your wife or your husband. Those are good desires. The desire is not the problem. It's what you're desiring most. That's the problem. When you're coveting and craving and lusting and lust is purely God, desire become God. You will, you will do everything to get that thing. All sense goes out the window. What happens is Jesus is not enough. This is promises to be enough. And we go after that. The amazing thing is, friends, when he's talking about this, Jesus being enough, the, and, and the world competing for our affection. I've said this many times before. There was a famous preach by Thomas Chalmers, an old school, these and thous preacher. And he, he spoke about the, 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 the new affection, the promise of a new affection that comes from the gospel. And he makes this very famous statement. He says, nature abhors a vacuum. So if there's a vacuum, it, it always, nature always wants to fill it with. If you suck the air out, you've got to put a lot of energy into keeping the air out. In all realms of science. He says your heart is exactly the same. For you to change your desire, for you to change your affection, it's not kicking the old one out. It's replacing it with a new affection. It's displacing it and replacing it. It's taking the old desire and replacing it for the new affection for Jesus. Friends, for you to change that process of displacing the old affections and replacing them with the new affections of this divine nature, with his divine power, is the way we change and the way we walk with him. Jesus is enough. And we've got to train ourselves and teach ourselves all the time that the knowledge of him is what, this, what happens. Knowledge of Jesus, walking with Jesus. This is what we've got to train ourselves to do, friends. It doesn't happen overnight. I just want to tell you, it doesn't happen overnight. You spend a lifetime learning more about Jesus. You spend a lifetime learning to walk with him. You spend a lifetime trying to know him more. You spend a life, and you never exhaust it because he is divine, he's big, and he's precious. You never exhaust the pit of knowing Jesus. You never get to the place where you think, okay, I've got him now. There's always more. There's always more to know. There's always more to love. There's always more goodness and glory. There's more precious promises. There's more big promises. There's more, but he is enough, friends. We've got to get into the thinking. He is enough. Everything's got to come submit themselves to him. Marriage problems, he is enough. Business problems, he is enough. 
Relational problems. He is enough. Lord, come and help me. You've said that you will give me divine, look what it says, you will give me divine power for everything that I need for a godly life. Through the knowledge of you, Lord, help me know you better. What are you teaching me about you through this thing that I'm going through is the question we should be asking. I want to I challenge us. I want to remind us. I want to exhort us. I want to encourage us this morning with these simple words, He is enough. He is enough. Jesus is enough. So Father, I'll ask you right now, Lord, as we contemplate this text, basically just read this text, I pray, Holy Spirit, that your divine power, that your divine power would encounter us this morning. Your divine goodness, your divine grace, your divine peace would encounter us this morning. Your divine great and precious promises would flash into our minds. We're trusting you, Jesus. We declare this morning there is no other answer except you. There's no other way other than knowing you better. Father, I pray that you'd help deal with everything that stops us from knowing you better. Everything, Lord. Everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, Corinthians talks about. I pray for that, Lord. I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would, would so profoundly move. Now, even as we're sitting here, Lord, for some people, they've got memories. For some people, you're reminding them, you're speaking to them, you, you need to be writing it down. For others, you just, it's just reminding. It's just, it's just the plumb line comes back in place. I pray that we'd be a community of people that have a hunger to know you more, Lord. And that you would respond with divine power. That you would respond with this divine grace and peace. That you would respond, Lord God, with divine desire. I pray that you'd put a hunger in our hearts, Lord God, for more of you. I pray that you'd put a hunger in our hearts to know you better, Lord. And that we'd prioritize our whole lives around that fact. Our whole lives. For those that are sick and battling with health, I pray that you would know, you teach them about yourself, Lord. 
that they would be healed. That you would be enough for them. Father, whatever you're wanting to do, Lord God, we want to know you better, Lord. I ask you for that, Holy Spirit. Those that are battling with porn. I pray, Lord God, this morning you'd begin the process of substituting that desire with desire for you. That this morning you'd begin to push that desire away and push it out and replace it with this incredible hunger for more of you, Jesus. That we would then desire the right things in you, Lord. Greed. Displace greed this morning, Lord God. Displace a poverty in our hearts this morning. You are enough, Lord. Money will never satisfy. You are enough. I ask you, Jesus. Not here trying to whip anything up. We've just read the scriptures. And we believe that you can do that and you want to do that, Lord. Thank you for that in your incredible, incredible name. I speak over these men and women. Grace and peace to you in abundance. Grace and peace to you in abundance. Bless you with grace and peace. Let the King of Kings bless you with grace and peace. Through the knowledge of Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.